Welcome to Evan Makovsky's Business Podcast, another joyous edition, a 2024 edition where we interview CEOs, founders, owners, entrepreneurs. You, you, put, you put it out there, people who make the world go round and round. And to start 2024, it is my pleasure to welcome to the program the esteemed Benji Dobrin. He's a teaching artist and founder of Benji Dobrin Studios, a unique acting school and corporate development center located in Denver, Colorado. Benji, let's get right into it. Let's start at the beginning here with uh, who are your clients and what brings them to you for training? Yeah, thanks, Evan. Pleasure to spend some time with you today. Uh, I have a really interesting, diverse group of clients because I have two different sides to my business. I have a traditional acting school and my clients are primarily adults because I choose to focus on the adults. I do have a, some kids and, and teens that I teach privately, but my group classes and the bulk of my business is adults looking to, to work in the acting industry or simply grow their personal skill sets, whether it's listening better, being more present, uh, really honing their abilities as effective communicators. So that's the traditional acting side, which is super, super fun. But I also have an entirely different angle where I train all sorts of corporate entities, whether it's doctors working on bedside manner or lawyers working on conveying emotion to a jury. I have lots of salespeople. Anybody that needs to effectively communicate for a living is a potential client of mine. One of my more interesting clients as of late is one of the biggest world wrestling stars in the world who was brought to me to learn how to talk smack because he is a very, very sweet man, but has a very difficult time on the spot improvising the acting side of the wrestling world. And so super fun to work with, with interesting people from all across the gambit. Wow. So just somebody who, you know, just wants to be a little more personable in their day-to-day -day life versus somebody who is seeking and gets professional work and needs to sharpen some things up. All right. Coming to present moment, the last couple of years, we had a pandemic, which made people quote unquote, uh, sequester quarantine. So people weren't interacting with each other at work. The work from home movement started a lot in corporate America. And unless you had like a mission critical job, a lot of people were working from home for years and now they've stayed working from home even while the pandemic mostly has subsided. So I wanna talk about how your business changed in this pandemic and post pandemic world. You give Zoom, or if you wanna call it video conferencing, you want whatever you don't have to be in a physical location as the person that you're doing the scene with or your teacher and this could be multiple people so we'll get to the business side of that momentarily but let's start with the acting side here how does that work it's really an interesting phenomenon you know obviously as a owner of an acting school when the pandemic hit i was terrified i wasn't quite sure how 
we were going to move forward. Now, I have a very unique background in the sense that I come from the dot-com and technology world initially. Right out of college, I worked for a company that created the first online college class platform in the delivery system to drive the first online college courses in the world. And so what that education did for me as a young guy was help me understand how to transition curriculum that is traditionally delivered in the classroom to an online environment. So I actually never missed a single week of class once the pandemic hit. I thought we were going home. <laughs> you didn't have to travel anywhere. I mean, it's not I, like the car could break down. That, that, that's right. That's right. Well, when the whole world, you know, froze because we were going into two weeks of lockdown, I was like, oh, what can I do to help my students through this weird, you know, two week period? Let's just move everything to Zoom and let's see if it'll work. And as it turns out, it's not only something that will work, it's incredibly effective from an acting standpoint. One of the most interesting things that I realized really when we went back to in-person learning was I had a whole crew of people that had only learned and acted on Zoom. And when I actually got them in person, I realized that Zoom is a little more challenging but it's so much more necessary to be able to really handle the, the skill sets that are necessary for effective acting. And so when you take them out of the Zoom environment and put them into a traditional acting environment, their skills were top notch and they just, they excelled through the roof. Really interesting. All Very right. Cool. You're not shooting scenes, you're teaching class, but That's at, right. okay. So let's talk about the mechanics of this whole thing. So if I'm with the object of my desire and I, her and I are ready to French kiss as part of our scene, how <laughs> are we going to, how am I going to, can I, is there a way I can kiss with special effects? Is there where it looks normal? I'm just saying there are things I like even shaking somebody's hand. Like if I, how can, how can I, you know, walk into a, how are we doing this? On Zoom, I, I, you know, in today's world, and I don't know enough, I, you know, lived in Los Angeles for a while, knew people who worked in Hollywood, but I don't know enough about, sure, like, I know, you know, when Dolly Parton laid her new album down, she had all these different artists when she did a rock album, but they all weren't with her in uh, Nashville or whatever. They were in different recordings, some of them. Some were with her physically. I, That's music, though, and that's an album. This, mm -hmm. though is acting. So I'm asking you about the mechanics of, you know, doing a scene. And if I don't, if I'm not practiced at a real kiss, how am I going to do a real kiss on screen? Cause I've been zoom kissing. However you do that, if you can do that. <laughs> you ask a great question. You really do. Thank you. Um, I, I and I think a lot that. of people really wonder about stuff like that. You know, the reality you talk about, you know, Dolly Parton in the music industry. Well, I've always really felt strongly that creative people have an ability to get creative with potential solutions to everyday problems. Uh, now, in the acting, you know, scope of things, yeah, there are limitations, obviously, to not being in person. I think that most people that are acting, myself included, you know, with a long acting career, I never once with my casting, quirky best friend, 
casting. I never once was in a position in class or on a real active set to, to kiss someone. And so the amount of, of that type of acting that goes on is limited to a very, very small number of people. And just sort of think about the last several movies you've seen, right? How many love scenes are there? How many, you know, moments are there that require affection? And when you are- right, But what about a physical fight? If I'm, you know, listen, uh, you know, the fight club or something like that. Huh? Or like, you know, it's not just, you know, kissing. Sure. It's a, for example, but I mean, I would think if I'm going to just do even like um, a Game of Thrones scene. Now, again, there are high tech editors and video people. So for all I know, they're not even in the same room. I, I don't know. I'm just okay. asking you. So it's not about just kissing, but shaking hands or I mean, I guess if I want to put everybody in a conference room for a meeting that's on an act, that's part of a scene, you might be able to do that with you know, editing. I don't know exactly what can That's and right. can't be done, but I'm kind of, it's, there's multiple aspects to the question, how it works in class, how it transfers to, you know, and maybe, maybe it's, maybe that's just part of it. Like, you know, that if you, when you do a real scene, you're not going to, or, or soon maybe sure. you're, you're going to be kissing on your own and you'll be suddenly see yourself kissing somebody else, even right though you now. never really kiss them. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of very specific thoughts on this. For starters, going back, you know, with intimacy, when you're on a big set, there's intimacy coordinators that are walking actors through everything in a safe way. There are never any surprises when you're in, when you're dealing with anything like that in the intimacy world in today's Hollywood. There's a job, by the way, called an intimacy coordinator. hundred percent. And it's a I very important job it's a big job and every single set that requires any sort of of affection has an intimacy coordinator that is walking people through it a lot of the time in whether it's traditional hollywood or modern day hollywood there are there are photo doubles that do love scenes or do nudity uh just like there are stunt doubles that do fights and fight choreographers that set up all of the the stunt men and women to handle the more physical aspects that's that's movie magic for you now the same thing on zoom movie magic i have seen some of the most incredibly interesting and creative things happen in my zoom classes for example uh couple weeks ago, I had one student with a glass of water throw it at his partner who mm -hmm. was located in a different state. Mm -hmm. And his partner underneath his Zoom frame had a glass of water and he went whoop, and they timed it out perfectly. It literally looked like this guy was was throwing a glass of water at the other guy and he was wet and he was wiping his face. And just like we have movie magic in Hollywood, my students have gotten so creative with interesting ways. You know, if I were to punch you right now and you were to take that punch, you know, if I were to go, right. you were, all right. you got to do is turn your head. Right. There are ways to to bring in the movie magic on the Zoom platform as well. It's, very, it. it's been really, and that was a big surprise. And the first time something like that happened in my classes way back in 2020 when, when this all started, I was like flabbergasted. I stopped and I would just, I, I couldn't believe I'm like, that is amazing. And then it caught on. My students started to see how you could manipulate these frames of zoom. And then it became almost a game within a game for them. What can we do that would be cool that would make it look like we're in the same room, even though we're not. So, so the answer is, is 
yeah, it's not a perfect simulation. It can't be of being no. a person, but it, it, you don't lose that much. It's more convenient. And this is going to transition us into the business aspects. It's more convenient, more, it's easier for people. You don't have to, you know, have your car break down and be late for class for three years, not once. And, you know, now to the business aspects, you're probably not doing this interview if you're a local because you're headquartered in, in Denver in the in the Cherry Creek area. So before the pandemic, your students had to be within driving distance proximity of you now conceivably. And I'm not saying they're anywhere in the world. And I'm sure you've had international students. But the point here is that anybody now it's opened up from a business standpoint that you're able to get clients if you want or students whatever you want to call them both they're both is what they are wherever they are it's in it, it's in material that's right absolutely i have a student in turkey at the moment and that's something that obviously i never would have imagined was possible it, in the industry itself uh both the corporate world right and the acting world the in industry has changed as a whole and we don't audition the same way as actors anymore. The days of going into a casting studio and auditioning in person are gone and they are not coming back because it is way, way, way more efficient to do it via Zoom. And so what happens now in the old world, we would drive across town in Hollywood. I would sit in traffic for two hours. I would sit in a waiting room for another 40 minutes until my name's called. I would walk in, I would deliver a five minute audition I would walk out. I would sit in traffic until I got to the next audition. And now the entire industry has changed. Casting directors don't want to manage a waiting room. They don't want to hire a camera operator and somebody at the reception desk to take headshots. And so now the first round of auditions, we all have home studio setups where we tape our auditions. And we have readers and there are websites and apps where you can rent a reader if you need somebody to read with, if you don't have a buddy handy. And you tape yourself doing your audition and you send the tape in. If they like what they see, they do a Zoom callback. If they like what they see, they'll bring you in in person and do some chemistry reads with a couple people and, and ultimately cast you. And so the geographical boundaries have also dropped. It's never been easier for an actor in Denver to book a job in Hollywood mm -hmm. or in Atlanta or in Austin or yep. huge hotbed for Denver actors because of the proximity is there's a massive film and TV industry in, in Albuquerque. And so the geographical boundaries have dropped. The game has changed and it's not going back. Right. And so that's the industry side of things. Now, as far as my audience goes, my students, my corporate clients, same thing. Right. Before, I've, I have always taught a handful of online lessons for as long as it was possible. I was on Skype. I was doing online lessons on Face uh, FaceTime, et cetera. Uh, once the pandemic started and everybody moved into the Zoom world for a while, it opened up the imaginations of what is possible for a ton of people. So all of a sudden, a mom or a dad who wasn't able to get their kid to my studio yeah. uh, Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. now had the ability to just plop them down at their desk when they're done with school and join me for an hour long private. The corporate entities, they don't have to leave their offices. They don't have to leave their homes or their desks. They're able to just log on, get what they need and take it from there.
And so it's really been a, an interesting pivot as far as, as the pandemic goes. And I'm one of those weird stories where once I figured out what was going on, my business exploded during pandemic. Well, that's, that, that's great. And also tying it in, just sewing up the point that about is Zoom an accurate simulation from an acting standpoint of, you know, acting on camera. If you're telling me, which, which makes sense uh, that uh, the majority of auditions are conducted on Zoom, you got to put one foot in front of the other. So you really actually need to learn how to act on Zoom because you need to get that first, you know, audition. 100%. But so, you know, I can show you to be the greatest physical actor in front of us, but you still have to do your audition on Zoom. So if you can get somebody, I'm sure for, uh, for, you know, working actors that or aspiring actors that if, if you could, they could make it through an audition, they would love that. So what you're doing is actually simulating that. Um, exactly. But, yeah. Exactly. All of my friends in Hollywood that are still acting, you know, 25 years now into it with long lists of credits and big resumes, every single one of them have agents that are mandating that they take Zoom classes. So they learn to act in this new medium because this is how we get jobs now. Got so it. it's absolutely essential. All right, last couple here with Benji Dobrin, head of Benji Dobrin Studios, and maybe you can tie in your experience, but you used a behavior-based approach to acting. What is that? What are a couple other approaches? So take it away. Behavior-based approach. What that really means is what we wrap around the words on the page. Uh, most people don't realize acting's all about making choices. Right. And so I could have a, a silly example, which I use often, like this is this is my pen. Right. Well, how do I feel about this pen? If, if I don't like the pen, you know, what do I wrap around that line to communicate effectively? If I don't like the pen. This is my pen. You know, if I love this pen, it's the greatest pen I've ever. This is my pen if I'm possessive right. of it. So what you wrap around it with your time, your tone, your behavior, that's what really is all about the nonverbal side of effective communication. And that's a huge segue into what I do with my corporate clients. So many of my corporate clients are now working via Zoom. I have a whole crew of investment bankers, some of the most bright minds in the world. And these, these men and women are, are as, as their boss says, they have the highest horsepower in their minds when it comes to any employees out there. Well, they're really, really great at, at understanding the markets, but when they have to communicate effectively to the investor relations folks and Wall Street, they have to be able to speak clearly and effectively via Zoom. What we wrap around that information, how we use our tone, how we use inflection, how we use the pitch of our voice, how we look at that camera, all of that corresponds to effective communication. So the behavior-based approach is really about understanding that the words that we are saying is literally 50% of the equation. And what we wrap around those words, that's what really tells the story, whether it's acting or corporate truth. Finally, what is some good advice that you would give to an, an aspiring actor? I'm sure you get this a lot, but what does it take to make it? And uh, luck is definitely part of it, but that's part of it. But what are some of the things, uh, behaviors, whatever, um, things to check off to make it 
in a career in the arts. And also when you're done, please give some information. We'll put it also around the podcast as well about your studio, your website and whatnot. Go ahead. Sure, sure. You know, we talk about getting lucky. It's my experience that the harder I work, the luckier I seem to get, right? Go figure. Uh, opportunity and preparation, meeting each other equals good yeah. luck. So it's about really being willing to do the work and recognize that it's not luck. It's about working your craft and, and as Malcolm Gladwell would say, 10,000 hours to get at anything, right? And so it's about really, really understanding that great musicians don't just get lucky. They work on their craft all of the time. And there's this huge misconception for actors that it's about nepotism and being in the right place at the right time and the reality is it's about having really good game it's about understanding that if you put the hours in if you really apply yourself and this is a passion of yours and you're willing to do the work that's going to ultimately help you get lucky right and so ultimately there's a tremendous work ethic that goes that goes on on behind the scenes for actors there's also this this concept that you know we get rejected more as actors than most professions and so you have to be able to move from rejection to rejection without any loss of enthusiasm trusting that the right role i always say this the right role is out there for every single actor you just have to be ready for that role it's part it of appears. your job to get rejected just like a salesperson who or a baseball player who you know, if you're a 300 hitter in baseball, you're considered over time a good, a very good hitter. That still means seven out of 10 times you're making out. So you got to go up to that plate planning to get a hit, even though you've just failed the That's last right. time. So yes, rejection is part of your job as an actor. So if you can't process that, That's without, right. I'm not trying to deep dive this, but just, you know, expound on what you're saying. Cause you said you train salespeople too. And rejection, it's, it's all, you know, there are some sales jobs where if you hit one out of 10, you're a good salesperson. That's it's, right. All That's depends. right. That's right. And even on the corporate side of, of, of my market, where it's not about rejection, right? For, for at least not for the salespeople. I've done lots of TED Talks, South by Southwest, keynote speaker presentations, big time events where I've trained people to really deliver, but it's about being prepared. It's about trusting that if you really Put that foundation in place and you've really done the work, everything's going to be fine. So at the end of the day, you know, dream big, work hard, celebrate life. That's okay. the tagline of my of my studio for okay. the last 20 years. And how can how can people and we'll put the information like I mentioned, but tell everybody how they can find you. Uh, you can find me on on uh, the Web. Uh, BenjiDobrin.com. You can reach out, drop me an email at any time. Info at BenjiDobrin.com. Right. And you'll see that there. And just to be clear, people could sign up for, you know, packages of classes. They could sign up as little as one class. They could sign up for a group class. They can sign up for a semi-private, a private, whatever can be accommodated. Correct? That's right. That's right. I try to stay super flexible and tailor uh, my product to whatever the market uh, needs at any given moment or any specific client. And each one's a little bit different. And so I can't do a one size fits all. 
Uh, that's sort of the fun part about my job is being exposed to so many different industries. Like if somebody told me I was working with a wrestler, I would have laughed, you know, 15 years ago. Pretty cool. Next, right after that, an investment banker. Go figure. Well, thank you for, for being so gracious and educating us all and making the time and uh, appreciate it. Benji Dobrin, Benji Dobrin Studios. Thank you, Evan. Appreciate your time. All right. That's going to wrap things up for Evan Makovsky's business podcast. Thank you to Benji Dobrin, founder of Benji Dobrin Studios, and we will see you on the next episode.